Hello and welcome to BDO's Global Natural Resources Industry Group podcast. My name is Catherine Bell, the manager of the Industry Group and your host for this podcast series. Our aim for this podcast is to deliver short, informative and timely insights, which are easy to access. Our industry program covers three subsectors, which are mining, oil and gas and renewables. With industry expertise spanning over 160 countries, we will use this podcast to introduce you to them and have them discuss the hot topics of the day. We welcome any feedback and or topics you'd like us to address. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode four of BDO's Global Natural Resources podcast. This is Catherine Bell, your host. This episode, we are joined by Jacques Baradas, audit partner with BDO South Africa, based out of Johannesburg. Jacques specializes in the mining, mining support, and mine engineering industries. Jacques and I talk about the soaring price of gold, how gold miners have reacted to the health crisis, and thoughts around how they will maintain their resilience going forward. Hi Jacques, and thanks so much for joining me on this podcast today. Well, lots of bad news out there, but for gold, not so. Um, The US gold price has rallied 38% over the past 12 months and is currently trading at an eight-year high of around 1,750 US an ounce. Could you give us some insights on what is happening? Um, Catherine, yes. Yes. At the moment, gold seems to be going straight in a straight line, almost uh, going straight up to $2,000 an ounce. Uh, I know some of the gold uh, bulls have even predicted uh, going close to $3,000 an ounce. I'm not quite sure whether it will reach that dizzy height, um, but I think there certainly is room for gold to increase significantly over the current uh, levels. For me, the major reasons for that is at the moment, there's just so much uncertainty in the world. Um, investors don't know where to, to keep uh, their money, uh, where to invest uh, to get a, a suitable return. So gold seems to attract the traditional safe haven investments. Uh, central banks are buying gold again. So yes, at the moment, the, the short to medium term trajectory of gold is, is going straight up. Uh, and I think most likely crossing $2,000 an ounce. Yeah, interesting. Um, So I I recently read a a newspaper article with the headline, Gold, the Sleeping Giant. Um, Could you explain what what they mean by that? Uh, So, absolutely. Um, I think they... They're alluding to the fact that f- for probably the, the last 20 to 25 years, uh, the gold price has a sort of slumbered. Um, investment in gold became uh, something that only purists were investing in. Uh, you even had uh, central banks across the world, uh, you know, sort of divesting from gold and this absolutely behemoth of, a, of an investment commodity that for you know, for the past four or five thousand years uh, was the bedrock of wealth was uh, no longer required. And uh, I think the in terms of uncertainty, people um, uh, resort to going back to traditional safe havens. And I think with the the price wars, 
the trade wars between uh, China and the U.S., um, I think there's there's just so much uncertainty in that all of a sudden, you know, even keeping your money in, in cash was becoming problematic with uh, deflation, negative interest rates um, across the world. So um, it's almost as if someone woke up, you know, in the past six months and decided, oh, we forgot about gold. Um, the gold price has climbed and um, it seems to be a traditional good place to put your investments in. Um, and I think that's just sort of waking up and the gold price have uh, reacted uh, as expected. Jacques, from a gold miner's point of view, are they managing to keep up production during COVID? Um, can you tell me what you're hearing from your clients? Um, yeah, so on the coal face side, uh, they certainly continue to operate, uh, but the the gold the gold sector from from what we've seen has been uh, fairly resilient. Um, the the deep mines um, were certainly closed for for a period of time, but they've all restarted. Uh, and certainly continue to operate uh, through the majority of the lockdowns. I think even here in South Africa, the deep uh, the deep mines were closed for a short period of time, um, but the government did uh, take cognizance of the fact that you know it, it's not a factory where you switch off the the button and then switch it on and it uh, it starts up again. Uh, so the mines have continued to operate. They've continued to produce. Um, some at lower levels than at, than what they would traditionally do at full capacity, but they certainly have continued to to operate. Um, and I think it bodes tremendously for for the gold mines uh, that they have been able to continue to successfully uh, operate in this uh, in this period. Um, but of course, there there is a bit of caution to come. Um, you know, the, the mines, especially the deep level mines, uh, you have lots of workers working very close uh, proximity. You know, if you do uh, get an outbreak at one of these mines, uh, it will be shut for, for a long period of time. Um, and and even your, your open cast mines, you know, they traditionally uh, operate away from major city centers, but very uh, close to their, their local communities. And there, there has to be a, a bit of trust between the community and the mines in order to continue to operate um, throughout this period. So I think it's a it's a delicate balance, um, but certainly the the gold mines uh, continuing to operate, um, and especially with these high gold prices, it's in their best interest to continue. Shark, what have been the major challenges for gold miners operating in Africa? Uh, it's certainly the, the the continuing to operate um, in a a business as normal aspect, and I think that's where we as BDO is quite valuable in that we see uh, a wide variety of mines. We not only deal with the, the big gold miners, uh, deep level miners, but we also see the operations from a brownfields and a greenfields uh, exploration company type. So we see a variety of clients, we see a variety of um, solutions to common problems. And I think that's where we can give valuable input to our clients to say, you know, we can see this is how working at a different mine, potentially at a different commodity, uh, have you tried to to use the solution? And we put in 
put people in touch, uh, clients in touch with each other where we see synergies. Chuck, uh, from what you're hearing, has there been an acceleration in the adoption of automation, mechanisation and or digitalization? Uh, absolutely. Um, you can you can see all the miners now starting to to focus on mechanizing uh, mechanization of the mines. They uh, they really are something that they were investigating, looking at, and potentially seeing uh, the cost factor as a as a uh, prohibition to to starting the mechanization. I think it's now come to light that you know mines need to to mechanize mines need to try and get away from the labor intensive uh, operations they were in the past um, there certainly is uh, the, the quick the easy uh, type uh, solutions for the for the immediate future and then the longer term is is the mechanization of uh, of the equipment um, so I think as the miners get more comfortable operating uh, with fewer individuals uh, on the coalface, uh, fewer people entering the mining premises, um, the more adapt they will become and the more comfortable they will become with the mechanisation process. Although you say the gold miners, for the most part, have been quite resilient and able to continue operations, uh, how did the gold miners react to the COVID-19 breakout? You know, the immediate sort of uh, lockdown phases that they have experienced um, they they were able to continue to operate uh, as per normal. You know they were fully stocked up in their normal um, uh, stock pre- uh, levels. Uh, the consumables, uh, the mines. Some of the mines went to a, a type of lager uh, where the access to the mine was completely cut off to outsiders. Um, you know where where the workers are living on premise. Uh, of the mine, they just simply cut off all outside access to the mines. So they've been able to continue to operate with their uh, with their employees. The problem that that is coming up is that they've always, you know, from for the past sort of ten years, where mines used to stock up quite heavily on consumables um, and inventory items, capital items. Um, logistic chains have become very very capable of delivering. Uh, equipment and uh, supplies to the mines in a just-in-time sort of inventory process. That's all going to have to change now again. Uh, You know, the mines that operate in very remote locations, um, and once they get cut off from supplies due to travel restrictions, you know, countries closing borders, uh, it really does become difficult to stock up the mines. So I think that's going to be a major challenge for the mines in the next uh, two to three months. And then certainly they're going to be be using up a lot of their working capital in simply just bulking up their supply stores in order to, if the country happened to have a, a second um, phase, uh, as they say, in the, in the corona sort of peak periods, and the countries do go into lockdown, um, the mines will have to have stocked up the necessary supplies to continue to operate. So what you're saying is that, you know, the, the gold miners will have to sort of rethink their business models um, to, I guess, adapt to the new normal? Absolutely. Um, they really are going to just think of 
ways to to operate for a longer period of time without having access to the to the logistics uh, and supply channels. Um, I think fortunately for the mines uh, and especially the gold mines, the you know they have really. Um, the past sort of 12 to 18 months uh, had very strong cash flows due to, to the increase in the gold price. Um, you know, the majority of the mines have, you know, sort of uh, paid down debt, uh, built up their cash reserves so that uh, they were actually in very good shape entering this um, this lockdown period. Uh, so they do have the, the the majority of the mines do have the cash reserves in order to to utilize that to build up stocks. So I think they they are in a good position, um, and I think with good management, uh, they should be able to to prepare themselves adequately in case there's any sort of um, uh, lockdowns uh, in the foreseeable future. And I'm guessing with gold prices on their side, you know they they are likely to. Um, expand in terms of operations? Do you see um, the, the market for gold mining increasing or do you see there, there is there going to be some consolidation happening? Um, what do you sort of see happening in the actual um, industry as such? M&A maybe? Yes, um, you know, the, the past sort of 18 months, uh, we saw the, the big merger between Rain Gold Resources and Barrick. Um, you know, I know Newmont's also done some acquisitions. So I think there will be uh, some merger and acquisition activity. I think with the high prices, there's there's lots of appetite for uh, to, to increase uh, the necessary footprints. The one thing that uh, does sort of hinder it is uh, the gold shares are at a, a very high level, uh, very high PEs at the moment. So that may hinder um, further merger and acquisition activities. But certainly lots of new projects, I think, will come on stream. Lots of projects that were perhaps, you know, at a $1,200 an ounce that were not feasible to to start up with. I think those projects are all now in the money. And uh, especially with the sort of short to medium term gold price looking very strong, I definitely see lots of new projects uh, coming on board in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Interesting. Um, as you know, um, BDO recently released a report on the on the social license to operate in mining. Um, could you comment on how gold miners in Africa are transitioning to the growing demands from the stakeholders on environment, social and governance transparency? Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, it is such a critical part of uh, operating in Africa. Um, and I think more so, you know, the, the focus on that has been, you know, the last five to ten years on the miners to play their part in in not only the immediate environment, but in the sort of larger communities that they operate in. And the successful miners have always uh, gone in with the, the viewpoint that the community needs to benefit, the community needs to be part of this um, the successful operation. Um, and those mines uh, really have flourished and improved the lives of everyone around them. You always get the, the chances that, uh, that push the limits in terms of the social responsibilities, in terms of the environment. Um, and they can operate for a short, short period of time. But then the governments, the communities, they, they get found out and eventually make it unbearable and unable 
make those mines unoperatable essentially. But uh, the majority of the miners coming into Africa, certainly the big mines like the Barracks um, and the Anglo-Americans, they know how to operate in these locations um, and they simply just include the community, include the governments, make sure that they look after uh, the environment, the social economic uh, environment. And uh, I think it's just a great benefit for the mines to operate in that manner. No, absolutely. Um, I, I, it, it's definitely changing, I guess, the mood in which um, the expectations are on, on miners and uh, um, we don't sort of see that changing, I guess. So my last question yeah. um, would be to, you know, if you had a crystal ball, um, you know, 12 months from now, you know, what do you see happening um, for, for gold miners? What do you see their future looking like? Um, gold <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i think in in 18 months time we uh, 12 to 18 months time we will hopefully see you know gold still on an upward uh, trajectory um you know the i think the world will still be fairly uncertain at that point hopefully we'll have uh, vaccines for the coronavirus um I think a lot will depend on what happens in the U.S. election. You know, if uh, President Trump's get get re-elected, I think uh, his trade war with China will most likely intensify, um, as the voters then essentially give him a, um, you know, the thumbs up to continue doing the work he's doing at the moment for the American people. Um, and I think that would just, um, you know put all that much more uncertainty into the market and the gold price, you know, at that level could be significantly higher than it is at the moment. On the other hand, you also have, you know, a vaccine perhaps coming through earlier, uh, potentially a change in the, in the White House um, and a more moderate uh, stance uh, between the US and China. Uh, that could take a lot of uncertainty out of the market and uh, could see the gold price coming off a bit from from their current uh, levels. But I think for I certainly see for the for the next 12 to 18 months, I see the gold mining sector being really exciting, new projects coming on on board. Uh, I think lots of activity um, uh, in the mergers and acquisition space as the miners do have a bit of money. Uh, from their, their record production levels, record gold prices. I think uh, cash generation from both, you know, from the big mining houses, very strong. Um, so I see lots of activity in the next uh, 12 to 18 months um, and it really being an exciting time. Excellent. Um, well, Jacques, thank you so much for your time. I think there's lots of interesting stuff in there that you've um, provided us. And um, and I think probably we should speak again in the future and uh, see whether or not um, some of your predictions um, come true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to uh, be like an economist or a weather forecaster. You know, you don't even need to be right to continue with your job. So let's see what happens in, in 12 to 18 months. Uh, but I, no, I really think uh, for gold mining, it's, it's really exciting times. Excellent. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Jacques. Please get in contact with us if you have any questions regarding the podcast. My contact details are on our podcast page. We look forward to welcoming you next time.